0: Welcome back to the podcast. We're taking some time to look at the letter of 1 Timothy over the next few months. This letter reminds us what the church is meant to be, so I hope you find it helpful. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 to 7. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the command of God our Saviour, and of Christ Jesus our hope, to Timothy, my true son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus, so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer, or to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies, Such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have departed from these and have turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about or what they so confidently affirm. Just imagine, for the moment, uh, two different churches. We're going to enter two different churches now. Here's the first one. Good evening, everyone. Uh, This evening, I'm going to share with you something that's been on my mind for a while. Second one. Good evening, everyone. Uh, Please open your Bibles to 1
1: Timothy chapter 1. Is there a difference between the two? Should you care whether you get one or the other? Why should you care? Well,
0: good evening, everyone. Please open your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 1. See, there are many churches, there are many preachers out there. Should we really care about what a church teaches? Doesn't it all end the same way? I mean, can't church be a mix of stuff like a a Chinese restaurant that sells fish and chips? It's always struck me a little bit as odd when you see that. I'm told they're the best fish and chip shops there are around, but it's a bit weird, isn't it? I mean, is church meant to be like that? Does it matter if a church doesn't open the Bible? Does it matter if they simply have a, a thought for the day or a meditation to think over? One Christian writer, one influential Christian writer, recently said words to the effect that it doesn't matter what's preached, as long as the church encourages each other, that is fine. Is he right? You see, that question, it makes a difference to where you go on a Sunday. It makes a difference to who you listen to on your podcast during the week. At the end of the day, it matters right here, right now. Why should you care what this church teaches? Well, 1 Timothy is a letter that is written into that situation. It's a letter that's written to a church that needs to reconsider what they're doing. It's a church that's lost sight of the goal. Paul tells them later in the letter there to be the pillar and foundation of the truth. If the church is not the place the truth can be found, then it won't be found anywhere. And so it matters what they teach. It matters what a church teaches. No one else is going to be declaring the truth that the church is called to declare in the world. You won't find it in the newspapers. You won't find it in the government news conferences. You won't find it in Hollywood. And so Paul writes this letter to encourage this church, and therefore all churches, to reconsider what they're doing. Far too little concern today is given to what a church teaches. And we at Christchurch Hemel want to make sure that we take what God says here seriously. To just assume that the preacher is right and that we don't need to check is dangerous. So please have your Bibles open to 1 Timothy chapter 1 this evening. Why should we care about what a church teaches? Well, the answer in this passage is because only the true gospel leads to love. Only the true gospel leads to love. What does that mean? Well, we'll see as we go. But if we're talking about the true gospel, we need to know what the true gospel is. And we get a glimpse right there in the introduction to this letter. Have a look at verses 1 and 2. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Saviour, and of Christ Jesus our hope, to Timothy, my true son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God, the Father, and Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, you've probably heard that the introduction to a letter gives you the big truths that will be unpacked. If you haven't heard that before, let me tell you, the introduction uh, to a letter gives you the big truths that are going to be unpacked. And As you can see, this is a letter from Paul. Now, Paul is an apostle, a a sent one of Christ Jesus. Paul is someone who's been trusted with the good news of the true gospel. He's sent into the world to declare the truth, and so we should listen to what he has to say. And Do you see who he's sent into the world by? It's by the command of God our Savior. Let's just pause there a moment. Because in that phrase, there is a key part of the gospel message, a key truth that we can't avoid. God our saviour. You see, God the creator created this world perfect, but humanity mutinied against God's rule, and creation was broken. We could not save ourselves, so in his mercy, God stepped into this broken creation in order to save us. God is the saviour. That's key to the gospel message, and so Paul continues, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our saviour, and of Christ Jesus, our hope. You see there, Christ Jesus, our hope. The the Christian gospel isn't just a history lesson. Have a look at what God did for us 2,000 years ago. It is a message of eternal significance. We have a hope. It's not just a vague wish. We have a certain hope of the future, a future in a new creation with God for eternity. So in that one verse there, Paul is reminding the church of the true gospel it has received. Who God is, what God's done, and where we're going. See, if the church is the vehicle for reaching the outside world, well, the gospel is the fuel. The gospel is what powers the church. And faith, trust in that message, is what saves people. Verse 2, to Timothy, my true son in the faith. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, Timothy's in that faith. And so Timothy receives grace, mercy, and peace from God. Faith in that true gospel leads to grace, mercy, and peace. Now in that three, uh, mercy sticks out. See, mercy is distinctive there in 1 and 2 Timothy. It's a word we're going to have to keep hold of as we work through this letter. It is by God's mercy that he saves us. By his compassion, by his loving kindness. It's not by our own merits, it's not by our own achievements, but because of who God is,
1: God's mercy.
0: So that's the truth, that is the gospel. That is what the church should be declaring to the world. That is what keeps the church going. So if that's the true, what's the alternative? What's the bad fuel that's going to cause the church to splutter and fail as it goes into the world? Well, that's where we turn next, verses 3 and 4. As I urged you when I went into Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer or to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. Such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. As you know, that says KLC rather than KFC. Get the joke there. You see, in Acts chapter 20, a really important chapter for this letter. Acts chapter 20 verse 29, Paul warns the Ephesian elders, the same church, that false teachers are going to come. He says, I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. You see, when Paul said that, he meant it. When there's something true, there tends to be knockoffs that follow it, don't there? I mean, all you have to do is go into Amazon and just search, and you'll find the cheap mass-produced versions of the hit products. It seems that by the time 1 Timothy was written, Paul's warning there had become reality. Ephesus had false teachers. In fact, the church that Paul had planted had false teachers teaching in it. Now, this issue of false teachers, uh, it might seem like an issue for the churches out there. It might be an issue for the church down the road but let me just point out that this was a church Paul had been teaching in for two years over two years it was a church that had a good pedigree it was planted by an apostle it was a church that started well this letter isn't many years later see every church ours included needs to be constantly on the watch for this so it matters if you open your bible And so Paul writes to his trusted companion, his true son in the faith, Timothy. He says to stay in Ephesus and command certain people not to teach false doctrine any longer. The knockoff gospel, it needs to be shut down. So what are these teachers in the church saying? Well, it's in verse 3. False teaching. Okay, not teaching the true gospel. Verse 4, what does that look like? Well, they're devoted to myths and endless genealogies. They're promoting controversial speculations. You might wonder what that looks like. What might that be today? Well, just notice how these things are moving away from Scripture. I've got something on my mind I want to talk to you about. I mean, they might have started by looking at a text, but they brought other things to it. They've springboarded from here, from Scripture, onto something else. They've quickly moved to speculations. They've moved beyond what God has said. Later on, Paul's going to explain that this looks like uh, forbidding marriage or commanding abstinence from certain foods. These people, they're saying, they're commanding things the Scripture doesn't say. In fact, they're turning Scripture on its head. Things that God has said are good, these people are saying are bad. And these are things that require more knowledge than simply just reading their Bibles. Things that you have to be in an inner circle to understand. Things that you can't check yourself by simply reading your Bible. And those things, those subtle changes, they stand in opposition to the true gospel. Do you see that in the text? Do you see the rather than sitting there in verse 4? Paul says these things rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. God has a a building project, a house project, you could say, going on. And the true gospel is how he advances that work. The alternative, by implication, well, it doesn't advance that. The true gospel is by faith.
1: The other, well, you get the picture. But does it really matter? That's our question tonight, isn't it? Does it really
0: matter? Well, Paul says, yes because of the result. Now, let me let you into the life of a a computer science student at university. I mean, that sounds the dullest thing in the world, doesn't it? Well, if you were a computer science student doing your degree at university, some people might be able to back me up on this, we were constantly being taught about input-output, input-output. And one lecturer in particular, her name was Ursula, she's uh, like etched into my head, she had one picture that Kept coming up. It still haunts me to, to this day. It's the picture of the sausage machine. But the whole point is, you put something in, you get something out. Over and over again, she would say this. But it's true, isn't it? You put something in, you get something out. If you put rubbish into the beginning of the sausage machine, you get rubbish out. If you put good quality in, you get good quality out. Well, here in verse five to seven, Paul is talking about the result, the outcome. It's just see so if you can spot it. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Some have departed from these and they have turned to meaningless talk. They want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they're talking about or what they so confidently affirm. Do you see the goal there, the, the result? The result of Paul's command of Paul's gospel is love. I was talking to a friend the other day, and he was rightly pointing out how that word love has become quite vacuous. It's been emptied of its meaning, it's become meaningless. What does Paul mean here when he says the goal of this command is love? Well, Bible words have Bible meanings. So, this is really helpful for understanding this whole letter. It's not just a vague sense of love, it's not a hallmark card, it's not a rom com. When the Bible talks about love, It's talking about God's intention for the world. I think we all know that, actually, when we think about it. We know the greatest commandment. What is it? Love the Lord your God and love your neighbour as yourself. See, love is God's standard for God's creation. Love is the outcome of a world when it's put the right way up. Love is how humanity should relate to everything around it. Love for God, love for neighbour. So if God's in the process of rebuilding this creation, well, love is the goal. It's the result. If the gospel is truly working, truly doing what God intends, well, love is the outbox. And that love its the outbox of the sausage machine here. That love comes from, verse 5, what's the input? A pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. There's that faith word again. Third time in this passage this evening. This love, it can only come about via the true gospel. So we can't define the love here as possible without it. It is not possible to have what Paul is talking about here without faith, without the gospel being involved. You can't put rubbish in and get good stuff out. It's just not how it works. So the true gospel leads to love. How about the alternative? Verse 6. Well, the false teachers, they've departed from those inputs, they've stopped putting good stuff in, so they get rubbish out. They've turned, as Paul says here, to meaningless talk. For something to lack meaning makes it, well, useless. It might be entertaining, it might tickle the ears, it might make you feel good, but it's useless, it's meaningless. And if something is meaningless,
1: it's in the word, isn't it? What's the point?
0: And he finishes verse seven. They want to be teachers of the law, but they don't know what they're talking about or what they so confidently affirm. Ouch. So does it matter what a church teaches? When the choice is put before you this evening, which do you want? Love, God's intention for the world, or meaningless talk? Are you in the market for a new creation or simply to be entertained? Why care about what a church teaches? Why care about what this church teaches? Well, because it's only the true gospel that leads to love. So your church isn't there to entertain. Sometimes you might get a laugh from the front, but there are people far better out there. A church isn't there to be a soapbox for a preacher's hobby horse. No, a church is there to declare the truth to the world around it. If a church is not doing that job, well, it's it's meaningless. If a church isn't doing the job it's been given by God, it's pointless. And so it really, really matters what a church teaches. It really, really matters what this church teaches. We want to be a church that holds out the gospel to the world. We want to be a church that is in line with what Paul says here. So this evening, let's pray that we would care what's being taught, should we? Let's pray that we'd care what's being preached. Let's pray that we'd be discerning and not move from this. What better way to apply this than praying it right now, eh? Well, thank you for taking the time to listen. I hope it was helpful. Any comments or questions can be sent to the podcast email podcast at david-couch.com and I'll see you next week.